the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have a question for Bob France? A comment? A complaint? Hit up the authority message line. Call 216-525-1806 and make your voice heard. That's 216-525-1806. Call the authority message line. All right, eight minutes after 10 o'clock, and hour number two is underway. We're going to forego our uh, Reagan Open so that we can get on a little bit earlier with Dr. Everett Piper for his weekly visit, talking about everything that is going on in the news. Dr. Piper is a best-selling author of two books now, uh, both of them tremendous, Not a Daycare, his bestseller from five years ago. The follow-up is Grow Up. Uh, and uh, Dr. Piper, of course, is also a podcaster uh, in his native Oklahoma. He is a past university president and a weekly columnist for the Washington Times. I think I got all the titles in there. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Dr. Piper, we're going to talk about your uh, your thoughts on the woke dictionary, and that's just what I'm calling the woke dictionary for simplicity's sake. The woke dictionary uh, and what they've done. We're going to talk also about the CDC and uh, virtue signaling and theater of the absurd versus science. But I want to start with what's going on overseas right now, Dr. Piper. And I thought of you immediately when I heard Benjamin Netanyahu say earlier this week that um, the greatest friend that Jews and Israelis have is evangelical Christians. He said, in America, the strongest supporters of Jews and of the state of Israel are evangelical Christians. And I first thought of you. First of all, I thought, actually, well, I'm not an evangelical Christian and I'm a Catholic, but I still feel pretty doggone strongly in support of of Israel. So I'm a little offended that you're not giving us our credit, but I do understand his point. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Joe Biden... Uh, yesterday uh, and uh, back on uh, Tuesday, has tried to influence Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, into tried to influence him to uh, promote a ceasefire by stop stopping uh, the return fire into Gaza. In other words, just absorb a few more rocket attacks, pick as many of them out of the air as you can with your Iron Dome, but just let them fire, don't fire back, so that we can institute a ceasefire. He's essentially victim-shaming and telling the Israeli victims to accept these attacks with graciousness rather than trying to defend the lives of the people in their sovereign nation-state. What is your view of what is going on in Israel now? If you want to tie it to the historical conflict over that land, you may. Uh, the existence of Palestine or not, and uh, the Hamas terror group that has started all of this. Your thoughts? Oh, wow. So much to talk about here. Um, let me say this before I answer your question. Everybody needs to go to a, a website called Wellversed. It's authored by Jim Garlow. Jim Garlow is married to Rosemary Schindler of Oscar Schindler fame. She comes from that family. And Jim Garlow is a Orthodox um, conservative Christian 
pastor who used to pastor a big church in San Diego, and he now runs this organization. He has an excellent summary of the history of Israel. He's a He's, uh, he has his doctorate in church history. Jim Garlow, well-versed. Okay, so there's a source for everybody. Now let me answer your question okay. by asking a question. When's the last time you heard good conservative Jews call for death to the infidel? When's the last time you heard of any Jews calling for the beheading of those they disagree with politically, socially, and religiously? When is the last time you felt threatened if a Jew moved into your neighborhood and you wanted to look over your shoulder because you just didn't know for sure? Okay? My point is this. It's the same point that Bill Maher made a few years ago when he was on a show with somebody and they started equating Christian fundamentalism, quote-unquote, with Muslim fundamentalism. And even Bill Maher, a man that you and I disagree with on a ton of stuff, Ask the rhetorical question, wait a second, are you equating Christians with Muslims here, a Christian worldview with a Muslim worldview? Christians don't call for the beheading of their opponents. Christians are actually decent people to live next to in your neighborhood. Don't agree with them, but they're not bad people. Whereas the Muslim worldview is a violent worldview, and we see it again in spades in the daily news where they're attacking a peaceful nation of Israel. So I ask the rhetorical question. Are these two world views equal? And the answer has to be absolutely not, unless you've got your head in the sand you're not paying attention to what they actually say and what they actually do. And I would say this. I disagree with Benjamin Netanyahu on one thing. Mm-hmm. He has he's ignored the emergent, affirming, progressive movement within the evangelical church. He thinks all evangelicals are like Jerry Falwell. They're not. He thinks they're all like Billy Graham or Franklin Graham. They're not. The evangelical church is moving away from its support of Israel, and shame on the evangelical church for doing that. I would say he should recognize it's the Orthodox church, whether it be Catholic, whether it be Orthodox, whether it be evangelical, it's the remnant. It's the Bible-believing remnant that supports Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu cannot stand on evangelicals uh, having his back any longer, because a lot of the emergent affirming evangelicals don't. You know, that is a sad reality, and I'm so glad you reminded me of that. You and I have talked before about the leftward turn of the evangelical church, and uh, and so you're right. Benjamin Netanyahu would be wise to recognize that uh, the support they have from that uh, you know church and, and those evangelicals um, may not be what it used to be. Um, last thing on this, um, are you in agreement with the uh, often repeated adage that if Palestine were to pledge a ceasefire, when I say Palestine, I should say the Palestinians, there is no recognized nation state of Palestine because they turn one down. Um, but the Hamas terror groups, if the Hamas and Islamic Jihad groups that have been firing into Israel pledged to disarm and pledged to uh, ceasefire, that war in that region would cease to exist. And likewise, if Israel was to pledge to disarm and cease fire, Israel would cease to exist. Absolutely. And the proof is in the history. Again, if you want to, the, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That's an old axiom that holds true. Sure. I'll say it one more time. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Look at what the Palestinian leaders have done. Look what the terrorists have done. They don't care about getting more land because Israel has given them more land repeatedly. They 
continue to call for the death, the elimination, the destruction of Israel. We need to take them at their word on this one because they mean it. So your, your point is well taken. And here's another historical point. Again, we could go on for the whole show. But Palestine is not a historical uh, reference. It's not historically accurate. I think it was the Emperor Domitian. I may be wrong on that. It could have been another early Roman emperor. But it was the Emperor Domitian who actually created Palestine to rub the Jews' nose in the fact that he was recognizing the Philistines as being the true owners of the land rather than the Jews. Okay, so he created this land out of, uh, uh, out of nothing. It's a fabrication. Palestine was created by an enemy of Israel, the Roman emperor at the time, to rub the Jews' nose in the mess of saying that the Philistines are actually going to control this land, not you. And again, you find that history in Well-Versed by Jim Garlow. I have heard that very same history uh, pronounced and and uh, and uh, brought forth by Dennis Prager, and I think you are exactly correct. It's almost exactly the way Dennis tells it. I've read and listened to Dennis on this subject, and that's correct. Uh, that there has never been a recognized by you know the United Nations, for example, a recognized nation state of Palestine. Only the Roman directive from that emperor, and as you said, simply and specifically to rub uh, Jewish noses in in. Uh, in uh, running them off of that land. So this has been historical Jewish land for thousands of years, with only the exception of that Roman directive saying this is now, as you say, in support of the Philistines, this will be a, a land called Palestine. But it has never been recognized anywhere outside of that own Roman emperor's uh, mind. Uh, so very well done, Dr. Piper. Let's take a quick time out here so we have more time on the other side for both of our other two subjects, including the wokeshenary that you have called out. Uh, Merriam-Webster has changed some words Words and words kind of matter. Dr. Piper will explain next on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, Ohio stands up, my friends. That is a declaration, but it is also a call to action at ohiostandsup.org. We have stood up, and we have made enormous headway in trying to reclaim our rights. Now we have to stand up in support of House Bill 248. Please join us. Help us to create a stronger, powerful force, a constituency that Columbus cannot ignore. Become a member of Ohio Stands Up at ohiostandsup.org. All right, and then when you get there, please take a look at the red donate button at the top of right hand corner, uh, top right hand corner of the page, and donate a couple of bucks—a one-time donation, a recurring donation. You donate five bucks a week. How about that? Five bucks out of your paycheck each week. You will never notice the number change on your paycheck, but you could make all the difference between liberty and tyranny. What we're standing up for now at Ohio Stands Up is the passage of House Bill 248. We are reaching out to our representatives, reaching out to our senators, telling them we must support the right of. Ohioans to choose their own medical health care. And that means choose to not get vaccinated if they choose not to, and to not be forced to show proof of vaccination to become employed or to become a patron of a business for a product or service. This is crucial. Do not let them discriminate against the unvaccinated. Pass 248. And guess what? OhioStandsUp.org is working on it right now. Join us. OhioStandsUp.org. Become a member. Make a donation. OhioStandsUp.org. One more time. Tap it into your browser right now. Ohio Stand.
Okay, 1021 now. We continue with Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, you wrote your latest piece for the Washington Times, which I encourage people to read each and every week at, at the Washington Times website, on Merriam-Webster and the new woke dictionary, changing the meaning of words in order to, um, I don't know, I guess par, uh, uh, join, uh, join with the politically correct crowd, or some might say the social justice warrior crowd. So what I've looked at as I've read your column uh, is, you know, the fact that they are literally changing the definition of words in order to advance a narrative, to ad- advance an agenda. I expect that from cable news. I expect that from the New York Times. I expect that from most of the national publications that are left leftist in thinking. I didn't expect it from my dictionary. But they have done this at Merriam-Webster. Tell us about it. Okay, they recently changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. And now the definition of anti-vaxxer includes not only those who are opposed to vaccinations, but those who are opposed to laws mandating vaccinations. Now, what's the difference? Well, it's a big difference. You could, you could be opposed to laws mandating vaccinations, but you, should, you could still choose to be vaccinated yourself or choose to have your children vaccinated. So being opposed to government edicts forcing themselves upon us does not make you an anti-vaxxer, at least historically so. That was the case. But now it does, because if you're opposed to the law, you're now an anti-vaxxer. Big difference. But it's not the first time they've done this. They recently changed the definition of preference with regard to sexual preference because of the confirmation hearings with Amy Coney Barrett and how Senator Hirono scolded Barrett for using sexual preference in her earlier writing. So Webster immediately rushed out and changed the definition of preference to follow that political narrative. They've also done this with racism, because now it includes the words systemic oppression. Well, we know where that's coming from. It's coming from BLM and all the critical race theory nonsense that we're having to deal with. So Webster is following rather than leading when it comes to definitions. And you know what I'm going to say next, but I'm going I'm to push my book a little bit here. In my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, I cover this issue. And I say this, and I'm going to read a couple sentences from the book right now. I say this, if we are to communicate sanely and intelligently with one another, words have to mean something. A pony can't be a fish, and a fish can't be a chicken. The meaning of words must be objective, predictable, excuse me, and enduring. If they are not, you couldn't hear what I'm saying right now. You wouldn't understand what I'm trying to communicate. The very nature of speaking and reading and writing assumes definitional clarity. Otherwise, normal daily communication would become as impossible as trying to play football without a field or a ball. Words have to mean something. Facts matter, not your feelings when it comes to the dictionary. Red can't be a number, and two plus two can't equal green. These are, I mean, your dog isn't a quarter horse and your Labrador retriever can't lay eggs. And just because you think otherwise doesn't make it so. Definitions matter. Your delusions don't. That's what I cover in my book because this is one of the greatest risks to human freedom that we face right now. It's the deconstruction of words and then rebuilding them up in the image that you see in the mirror, your power, your arrogance, your feelings, rather than an objective, enduring standard that just makes sense for culture. 
But what what's the upside for them? What, you know, for Miriam Webster to join in with this and and to, as you say, you know, support people's images of themselves that stare back in the mirror, no matter what whether they're accurate or not. What what did they have to gain from this? Well, it's delusion. It's the power of the lie. Okay. What what I mean, Satan is the great deceiver. What does he have to gain by continuing? to manipulate the human soul and the human mind so that we buy the lie. What he has to gain is when you can get people to buy the lie, you now have power over them. Because you can continue to change it. You can get them to buy the lie today that um, radical feminism, let's just use that as an example, is the right way to human liberty and human dignity for women. But then you change the narrative and you tell them that men are women and women are men, and they buy the lie again, and you can continue to control the people by manipulating the power of words. In fact, as you know, I opened up my article with a quote from Nathaniel Hawthorne, and it says this, and I think it's the answer to your question. Words so innocent and powerless as they are as standing in a dictionary, how potent for good and evil, they become in the hands of one who knows how to manipulate them. Nathaniel Hawthorne. That is exceptionally well said, and I saw that at the top of your article, actually, and I'm so glad uh, that you quote Hawthorne there, because that says it very perfectly. Dr. Piper, last thing we're going to dive into here, um, you know, and, and we, we, you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I talk uh, uh, about a lot of issues, and usually we, we kind of come to an agreement on what we're going to talk about here. I didn't really get a response on this, so I just want to get your thoughts here kind of off the cuff, if you will. Dr. Sure. Fauci Dr. Fauci has been confronted by Rand Paul, and I know we've talked about this before a few different times, saying the sci- Rand Paul, Paul has told him the science does not support the wearing of masks. There's no credible scientific evidence that masks help, help anything. You're doing this for political theater. Fauci vehemently denied him again and again and again and again. Now that the CDC has changed its guidance and said, um, if you are vaccinated, we do trust that it will immunize you. Now you can go ahead and take off the masks. Now Fauci has admitted, well, I didn't want to send a mixed message here so i wanted to be seen wearing a mask he's admitting it was all about theater when you see this dr piper and again i know this is kind of off the cuff when you see this does it make you question whether anything about the pandemic has been authentic and real that anything any element of it wasn't theater oh absolutely and i do think it's uh, it's a perfect segue from what we just discussed fauci is the face of deception for our time He's masking reality. He's masking the truth. He's continued to move the target. First, it was give us a couple weeks to make sure we don't overwhelm the healthcare system. That was the reason we were doing all this, right? And then he moved the target, and he's tried to control all of us. Words, as innocent as they are, as standing in a dictionary, how potent they become for good or evil in the hands of one who knows how to manipulate them. Nathaniel Hawthorne, Fauci has manipulated the narrative to control you, to control me, to control the country. And he's admitting it. He's admitting it right now. This was not an objective fact. Wearing the mask did not do anything objectively beneficial for him or for you or for me. He's admitting it. Why did he do that? because he could manipulate and control you and me, Ohio and Oklahoma, by lying to us. He was reaching for the ring of power 
that Tolkien tells us about in The Lord of the Rings. He got a hold of it. He got a hold of the ring, and he didn't want to let it go. Now, having acknowledged that, the face of of the theater and the fraud that you're talking about, masking reality, Dr. Fauci, he's at least essentially come clean now on that in that regard. What then say you about Nancy Pelosi, who even after virtually every member of Congress has been vaccinated, listening to the CDC saying if you're vaccinated, you do not have to wear them anymore, continuing to require them on the House floor. And and uh, a dozen or so Republican House members have said the heck with this. They're not wearing them, and she's fining them 500 for one offense, 2,500 for each uh, additional offense of not being masked in Congress. She's the face of Gollum in Lord of the Rings. My precious, my precious, I'm going to hang on to the power of the mask. My precious. That's well done. Teed it up for you right there. Dr. Everett Piper, terrific stuff. Continued success on uh, Grow Up. That uh, is a phenomenal sequel. Uh, get that book on Amazon. I encourage everybody to get Dr. Piper's book, Grow Up, on Amazon. Uh, doctor, thank you so much. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Blessings. Bye-bye. All right. 10.30, we'll get a timeout here. And on the other side, we're going to uh, pivot. We're going to talk about, well, not just national security, but international security and the global reset. And what role does the Catholic Church or the head of the Catholic Church play in the Great Recess, the uh, Great Reset. That is going to be the subject of this Sunday's webinar from the Red Green Access Exposed organization run by Jim Simpson and Dan Ramada. Dan will be joining us along with this week's presenter, Liz Yor, next on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats. Please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1036 now. We continue on this Thursday. Before we get to our next guest, uh, I want to remind you, last reminder, last call for tickets. And I am told there are still a few tickets available for tonight's Geauga County Conservative Club presidential gala at which i will be speaking along with soon to be uh confirmed ohio candidate for governor jim renacy and also ohio senate candidate mike gibbons among others speaking tonight at a celebration of conservatism it's at guido's generations event center in uh, chesterland uh there will be basket raffles 50 50 raffles and yes an ar-15 raffle as well there are still a few tickets available you gotta call now I just can't call Mario Innocenzi, who is running the event at 216-520-1977. If you get shut out because you don't listen and you don't call right now, don't blame me. But I'm telling you, this is last minute, last shot at the last few tickets. 216-520-1977. And I hope to see you tonight in Chesterland at this presidential gala. All right, uh, let's bring on our guests now as we continue. Uh, I told you we were going to talk to Dan Ramada. Dan informed me last night that it has been about 14 months since he has been since he has been on the radio program with me Dan has been a frequent guest on this program because of his work with Act with Act for America, his work with Jim Simpson and the Red Green Axis Exposed, and uh, it's always Jim that we talk to. But finally, Dan Ramada makes his return to AM 1420. The answer, hey Dan, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a kind. Of, you and I talk all the time, just not on the radio anymore. So it's good right. to have you. It's and it's good. To, that gives your listen. That gives your listeners a break. I understand. I'm not as eloquent <laughs> as some. <laughs> no, you're 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 terrific, and I'm glad to have you back here. Let's bring sure. in your uh, partner for uh, this week's um, uh, webinar coming up on Sunday night for the Red Green Access Exposed event. Liz Yor, she is an expert when it comes to keeping track of what Pope Francis is up to, along with his globalist cronies. She's an international child protection attorney specializing in missing and exploited children and child sex trafficking as well. She has been monitoring scandals at the Vatican, but also the Vatican's plans with their collectivist friends at the World Economic Forum in Davos and the CCP. She will be the featured presenter on Sunday night's event with the Red Green Axis Exposed. Liz Yor, good morning and thank you for coming on. Good morning, Bob. It's great to be with you today. It's good to have you as well. So I know you're both going to be a part of this, along with Jim Simpson on Sunday. Let's start with the obvious, Liz, your um, connection to and your monitoring of the Vatican. You know, I'm a Catholic, and, you know, most of us, most Catholics, like to see our leadership in the in the most positive light possible, uh, that they are working, you know, through Christ to, to bring about, uh, you know, uh, Christ's values and virtues on this planet. Um, but we also have to be aware and recognize that these are human beings that do have failings and that perhaps are involved in things that we don't want to admit exist. What can you tell us about the Vatican and those connections that I just referenced to uh, the World Economic Forum and eventually, ultimately, to the Great Reset. Sure. I, too, Bob, am a, am a practicing Catholic. I keep on practicing because I'll never get it perfect, right? And <laughs> well said. In, yes, it's in uh, six, about six months before, or right after Francis became Pope, um, I snared an invitation to the Human Trafficking Conference at the Vatican. I was thrilled to go. This is, was a pope that was talking about my, one of my issues that I care deeply about. I was a really fan of Pope Francis, and I'll tell you, um, when I went there, I felt like I was walking into enemy territory. I thought I, I was. I looked around at this. Actually, it was a small conference, eighty um, experts from around the world, and um, the pope was there. I met the pope. Um, was in his presence for about 20 minutes, so I got to observe him. But halfway through, I began to have this sense of unease and angst that this was not a Catholic conference on how to you know, end the evil of human trafficking, but more of a globalist conference really pushing the globalist agenda. I mean, I was hearing things like talking about a, a global minimum wage talking about the nexus between climate change and human trafficking. I mean, I thought I had landed on Mars when I was listening to this. And halfway through, a friend turned to me, a friend from America, and said, are we the only pro-lifers here? Now, you, as you know as well as I do, that is a shocking observation to make about a Vatican conference. But when I left, um, I promised myself and God that I would begin to research the Vatican, watch every move this Pope was making, and really to test what my gut instinct was telling me is, is this really accurate? Is what I saw something that was, you know, far from what I expected? And, you know, I came to the conclusion that the Vatican is mission central 
for the launch of the New World Order, the Great Reset. And sadly and shockingly, the globalists are using the bully pulpit, the moral voice, if you will, of the Holy See to really undergird this totalitarian global movement. And, you know, in January of 2017, as you mentioned at the Global uh, World Economic Forum at Davos, President Xi of China made a very interesting comment. He said, all roads lead to Rome. Now, he was not just talking about uh, the Belt Road Initiative that China has. He was not just waxing poetically. Um, I believe, based on my research, that he was pointing to us that Rome will be the center of the new world order. In fact, Klaus Schwab, the grandfather of the World Economic Forum, um, even said just recently that Pope Francis is a great reset agenda contributor. He is one of, as Schwab said, he is one of our global stakeholders who will move and change the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, and the general management of the global reset. I mean, these comments are shocking to me. Let, let me Matt jump Bob, in here. Let me jump in here, Liz, because I'm going to forget all my follow-up questions if I don't get them sure. in now. Um, why do you think you were there? You said at the very beginning you were so uh, pleased to get an invitation. You were so surprised. Uh, why would they let an enemy inside the gates to see what the plans are? Oh, great question. You know what? I don't think they knew. First of all, they wouldn't let me talk, even though, you know, humbly I would say I have much better qualifications than most of the people talk. That aside, mm-hmm. um, they were not up to speed as to the pushback. I was silent. I, you know, there was no way they would have known what my, you know, preference or agenda or, um, or, you know, real attitude towards. So they didn't know who I was. You know, I, I had worked for Oprah Winfrey. Maybe they thought mistakenly that, um, I was a globalist. Um, so, you know, I, I often say, Bob, this is the grace of God. Um, as chilling and um, really um, daunting as this was to, to see there, to be there, to watch what was happening, mm-hmm. I was meant to see this. And for the last eight years, ever since I left Rome, um, I have been speaking, writing, and really sounding the alarm about this um, papacy that has really, frankly, you know, in my, in my mind, really become the moral voice of the vaccine, the moral voice of the climate change movement, the moral voice of China, communist China, um, the moral voice of the, you know, great reset. And, um, you know, this Pope has created what I call the theology of virology, you know, as he talks about the importance of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And by the way, by, you know, talking about the importance of the vaccine, he takes away our ability to have a moral objection to the vaccine. Yeah, and, that's, yeah, um, I, I, that's right. I, I did, I did note that at our, uh, at the, um, 
at the uh, pro-life conference that I emceed two months ago here, uh, which was <clears throat> extremely important, bringing America back to life, we noted the, mm. the church has indeed greenlit the vaccine, despite the fact that fetal stem cells uh, have been at least harvested to research, if not be included in the vaccine. So uh, that is something that um, uh, is should be alarming to all Catholics. Liz, I want to uh, jump in with my other follow-up. And Dan, feel free to be a part of this answer, too, if you would like. We're talking to Liz Yor and Dan Ramada, who are going to be presenting along with Jim Simpson, the Red Green Axis Exposed webinar on Sunday, headlined The Pope, the Vatican, and the Great Reset. After listening to everything you just described, Liz and Dan, about the Pope, I'm curious as to whether or not this is all due to his leadership and, 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 and you know, the, the rest of Rome, including the, the College of Cardinals and so forth and bishops, are helpless and powerless because this is his vision, or is he just the figurehead that is leading their vision to be a part of this global citizenry, this global great reset? Uh, in other words, is Francis to blame here, or is he just the, 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 the man at the top of a very deep, uh, very tall pyramid? I would say that I'll defer, to, yeah. I'll defer to Liz, but Liz, I would suggest somehow bring McCarrick into this and also... Um, um, uh, Jeffrey Sachs. Sure. Yes, um, Jeffrey Sachs, for your audience, is um, an economist from Columbia. He has also been, for you know, decades, the director of the UN Sustainable Development Goals Initiative. Those are the 17 goals, really, quite frankly, um, are you know the abortion-laden um, goals, population control. He is a collaborator, um, a grantor of uh, George Soros. Um, he has worked with Soros for over 30 years. Um, the moment Francis came into the Vatican as the new pope, um, Jeffrey Sachs was there. And he, Jeffrey Sachs has written Vatican documents, has spoken at over 30 Vatican conferences on a wide range of radical issues such as climate change, um, uh, the global redistribution of wealth. Um, and so Sachs has been really, I, I believe, the Soros um, minder of Pope Francis. Um, secondly, uh, as soon as Pope Francis became Pope, he um, brought in um, a notorious uh, Cardinal from everybody may know him from uh, from Washington D.C. who has since retired, Ted McCarrick, a b- very powerful, well connected, one of the most notorious sexual predators in the history of the church. Um, he was a power broker who had he actually had a U.S. diplomatic passport because he would go around the world on behalf of the interfaith dialogue for Bill Clinton and other um, presidents. McCarrick was brought into the fold after being really sent out to pasture by the previous pope because the previous pope knew of his notorious reputation. He was resurrected, as I say, by Francis, and initially he was um, McCarrick was sent to China, to communist China, because McCarrick has um, deep, deep contacts with communist China to um, begin to restart the Vatican negotiations with the Communist Chinese Party. McCarrick was also involved behind the scenes with Pope Francis to restart the um, secret 
normalization of relations between the United States and Cuba. Um, McCarrick became the ad hoc diplomat for um, for uh, the Pope, and we had no idea, Bob, that all of this was going on behind the scenes. We later found out because there was a Vatican whistleblower. But as a result, I mean, he hit the ground running, the mo- reaching out on the um, green agenda of the interfaith dialogue through the Abrahamic Faith Initiative. He began reaching out to all the communists um, in order to um, give legitimacy to the brutal Chinese communist regime. And interestingly, what we found out about a year ago is that in 2014, it has been alleged that the CCP um, gave the Vatican every year um, a grant of $2.25 billion, a billion with a B. And so as a result of this, uh, the Vatican, the Pope, um, has been silent on Hong Kong, silent on the vaccine uh, outbreak. In fact, silent, he's, he's actually praised President Xi's handling of the vaccine, if you can imagine. Okay. Liz, let me jump in. Let me jump in here because we're, we're out of time. It's 1051, uh, and I want to leave some of the meat here for the actual webinar that you guys are going to have on Sunday. Yeah. But Dan Ramada, just real quick, any uninformed person who just turned on the radio 10 12 minutes ago who listened to what we just heard if they're catholic in particular just heard or correct me if i'm wrong that they just heard that the catholic church has become full-on communist supportive of human trafficking and child rape uh and are um uh are uh aiming to take down free Western nations like the United States in the interest of a global uh, collective, um, uh, you know, nation, uh, you know, globalist, a globalist uh, society, if you will, that the church is all in on all of the above. Would they be wrong if they heard that? And that's what they took? Well, if they didn't hear it, if they hadn't known about this before, they might get a little defensive. That's not the normal reaction when most people hear this. But just as Dr. Piper um, explained in the previous segment about evangelicals. There's a split in almost all the faiths between a remnant and between the progressive side of it. In the same thing in the Catholic Church. There are people that don't get it, don't want to know about it, don't look the other way, and there is a remnant that really is starting to pay attention. And gladly, because of experts like Liz, it's not just Dan Ramada saying it. We, My job is just to research and point it out, connect the dots, and bring experts to the audience that can explain it in greater detail as she has. So it's it's one of those things you get the people have to get coached up and then yeah. when you start to connect the dots on all of them, these are globalists. They're godless. They're mm-hmm. technocrats mm-hmm. and they're using the communists and the Marxists and America has to be changed. It's just so hard to hear those words godless globalists being described as our Vatican our leadership at the highest levels of the Catholic Church, globalist and godless. thats They just don't seem to go together. This is why people need to educate themselves and learn more at the Red Green Axis Exposed webinar, Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. Dan, how can people participate and view this webinar? There's only one way. They have to email me at rga, which stands for Red Green Access, rga at eagle firemail.com. I send them an email which explains who our speaker is, how to connect, 
who we are and the details, and it's upon them to click on that link, register, and then connect with us on Sunday night. RGA at EagleFireMail.com. Email Dan and register for this webinar Sunday night. Liz, your Dan Hermata, thank you both. We appreciate your time very much. It's 1054. We'll get out and come back in and wrap this bad boy up on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, when I said we were coming back in to wrap it up, I really meant it. We are just about out of time here. I want to remind you one more time, as I say thank you, by the way, to my guests, Dr. Everett Piper and Liz Yor and Dan Hermata. Remind you, last call for tickets to tonight's event. I look forward to seeing you at the Geauga County Conservative Club Presidential Gala. I will be speaking along with Ohio gubernatorial candidate-in-waiting Jim Renacci, Ohio Senate candidate Mike Gibbons. Uh, we will be there speaking a celebration of conservatism with a lot of great people a lot of other celebrities uh, will be on hand and uh, politically connected people in northeast ohio so please be with us get your ticket at 216-520-1977 last chance few tickets left call now 216-520-1977 meet us in chesterland everyone thanks for being a part of the show today we'll see you tomorrow for free for all friday Bye bye.